This is Financial Tech and the Guide Rock Capital Management Weekly Commentary for the week of February 25th, 2013. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from the AverageGuy.tv studios here in Bellevue, Nebraska. And we post the show, including the written commentary, each week out at the AverageGuy.tv. This weekly podcast brings you market commentary from Andrew Hunt, CFP and president of Guide Rock Capital Management here in Omaha, Nebraska. If you'd like to receive the commentary in advance, send us an email, Andrew underscore Hunt at Guide Rock Capital, all one word, GuideRockCapital.com, and put subscribe in the subject. If you have questions or comments, uh, that you'd like us to read and answer on the show. We'd like to do that for you as well. You can send us an email. Just send that to me, podcast at theaverageguy.tv. And, of course, you can find us both on Twitter. I'm at Jay Collison, and Andrew is at Andrew D. Hunt. Andrew, uh, maybe some changes in the wind this week. Tell me a little bit about what's going on. Indeed. Well, welcome to the Guide Rock uh, Weekly Market Commentary. I'm glad to say I am back in our home state of Nebraska this week with great Wi-Fi connection. Mm, and better yes, bandwidth for sure. Yes, indeed. So hopefully we won't have cutting in and out like we did last week. Well, just like you said, it's like the Canadian geese are migrating south for the winter. The stock market has started to move down a little bit last week, mostly on anticipation of monetary tightening. Uh, the Federal Reserve Open Market Committee, which met in January, released its uh, meeting notes midweek. And uh, many analysts reviewed those, of course, just poured over those. And uh, there was some, uh, you know, there was some different interpretation, but most of it was negative. Uh, a lot of them felt like the quantitative easing uh, that the Fed's been doing for so long now um, is probably going to start tapering off. Um, so that pulled the markets down. Uh, Asian and European stock markets dipped lower. And uh, by Friday, a little bit of ground was recouped, but it still led for the first uh, negative week, uh, as reported by the Dow Jones, uh, of the year uh, last week. So it's kind of interesting. On the opposite side of the, of the spectrum, um, after the Fed's quantitative easing pro program, uh, you know, was interpreted to might be ending, you would think that treasury bonds, uh, would be strongly affected because that's what they're going in and buying, right? They're going out and buying these treasuries and creating a lot of liquidity in that market. But really, the Treasury bonds didn't really do much last week, which was really strange. Um, instead, um, we started to see yields move a little bit lower last week. Uh, you, we'd expect some, some different reactions, which was kind of uh, counterintuitive. It was really interesting last week when we started watching that bond market. Bond market's going to be an interesting place to watch as rates change and the quantitative easing starts to back off. And then lastly, the conference board announced that its leading economic index for the U.S. showed that America's economy is gaining some momentum. The LEI tracks 10 economic indicators uh, that gauge short-term economic outlooks, and they also do one for China, uh, which is signaling improvement as well. So, you know, that's been one where, gosh, everybody's been wondering, is China slowing down? I'm sure you guys have been seeing, we'll be questioning that on, from the home tech standpoint as well for technology out there. So kind of interesting. Um, the it's, it, It'll be an interesting point to watch that economic indicator piece uh, as we transition through the rest of the year. 
so switching gears a little bit, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about college. Uh, it's kind of the end of the year. People are filing their tax returns, and uh, one thing that goes with filing a tax return, of course, is filling the FAFSA out, the Federal Application for Student Aid, uh, when you're thinking about college. You're, so uh, you're it, speaking to my heart here, brother. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy C's got a couple of kids in college. So got this just one, a few. You bet. This one, he's feeling it. Yeah. Um, and so I thought it'd be interesting to talk a little bit about tuition and fees and how students are covering those these days. Uh, you know, it's kind of interesting that tuition and fees actually accounts for just about 39% of the total budget for students who live on campus at a public four-year state college or university. And um, for those who those students who live off campus at a public two-year state college or university, that's only about 20% of their budget. Um, so that's kind of a that's kind of a sketchy. Uh, there's, so there's a lot of costs associated with going to college these days. And if you're shocked by that number, you might be even more shocked that the average in-state four-year public institution was more than twenty thousand, or excuse me, more than twenty-two thousand uh, dollars for the 2012 and 2013 academic year. Um, the things that went into that budget were things like tuition and fees, room and board. Books and supplies, hello, those are expensive. Uh, transportation, other miscellaneous expenses. Um, the other, the other. So, okay, so if public four-year school was twenty-two thousand, how much was like a two-year state school? Well, that was about fifteen thousand five hundred uh, last year. And here's the whopper for you guys: if you, if your kid wants to go to private, uh, nonprofit, four-year school or university, it's going to set you back about forty-three thousand dollars uh, and that's for the 2012 to 2013 academic school year so how are kids making this possible these days 43 grand at a private school 22 at a state school uh, that's a pretty intense bill well what we're finding is that on average uh, financial aid for full-time students is typically about fourteen thousand dollars for the 11 and 12 academic school year and there's all kinds of other opportunities where kids can get assistance. So 39% of students receive federal loans or work studies, 26% receive a Pell Grant or other federal grants, 18% institutional grants, 9% federal education tax credits and deductions, 5% state grants, and 4% private or employer grants. So there's options out there to pay for it, um, but still, that's a steep bill, um, and it looks like a lot of students are you're going that student loan route. So the question is then, it's a big hefty fee to go to college these days. Is it worth it? Uh, and I think that's a, that's a valid question. Hey, listen, I don't believe that college is for everybody. You really should do a return on investment calculation uh, when you're thinking about going to college. And so when you look at the raw statistics, the median income for a person with a bachelor's degree who worked full-time year-round in 2008 was almost $56,000 which is almost 22,000 more than the median income for a high school graduate alone. So you know, the, the dollars and cents are there. And then if you look at it from an unemployment rate, college grads are significantly more employed than high school grads as of 2008. So that's the other piece. You're going to make a little bit more, and turns out you have a higher probability of keeping and getting a job. So that's a big deal. Quote of the day. Education is the ability to listen to almost anything without losing your temper or your self-confidence. And that's from the great poet, Robert Frost. Man, I could have used some of that advice last night. The, <laughs> uh, the, you know, Andrew, I don't uh, often have a lot to say on, on some of these since we've come back to the podcast. But this, 
college deal, uh, I've got just a few things to say on it because we're in the we're really in the heat of it. And I've got three, like I said, I have three boys uh, in various stages of going through it, and and one that's getting ready. And we have learned a lot in that process. And you've covered a lot of the dollars and cents. I think if I had one bit of advice for parents, uh, there's a lot of pressure to put your kids in school right away right out of high school. And there's a lot of money for that, right? There's a lot of scholarships that are incented for freshmen. They're, they're trying to get these kids in there. I mean, it's almost like a gateway drug at 19. You know, they want these kids in school. And there's an enormous amount of pressure put on these kids to come up with a degree, right? To follow a degree. Yeah. And, and I do college campus recruiting, uh, Jody and I at Gallup, you know, we do a lot of college campus recruiting. And I see a lot of these kids that even after four years, they have, they have, they took math, but they really wanted to be in IT or they, an IT degree, but they really wanted to do something else. And they, they, they felt all this pressure to get these, this, you know, get on and get out, right? Because there is a lot of yeah. pressure from a financial standpoint, right? To take, to get out of there so you can start earning some real money. I think, you know, with my number four going to college, I've, I've, this, it's this experiment has changed me because I've had two kids start, get kind of lost in the middle of the process and end up either coming back home or, well, no, they came back home and we, we reset their college experience, right? And, and, yeah. And so, uh, you know, my advice really is, especially around costs, try to go to the lo- that local junior college to start with or, or something. The least expensive option possible. The money you will save by doing that will more than make up for any scholarship grants. Now, this is probably, this is a big, broad stroke. So, it's going to be different for everybody and your mileage may vary. But uh, the... The, the advice is I'm going to, I'm really going to encourage my kids, get those first two years out of the way, stay home. It's, you know, I can't believe I'm saying that because I wanted those <laughs> older boys out so bad, right? Uh, stay home, get that. Let the, get, let the kids bake a little bit more and mature and work through some situations. I don't think it's bad for them to work those first two years. Get them some real live working experience. Get them trying some things that they, that they, um, didn't have experience with or, or, or exposure to. Sometimes that helps them decide their degree. And then when they're ready to go, um, let them go. And, and yeah, you might pay a little more if they're going to go to a big school at that point because you've missed out on a lot of the scholarship opportunities. I am telling you, them being in the right degree will more than make up for any costs that you would have made for scholarships. And that's my advice uh, to, to parents. That That's my free advice to parents going out and doing this. And if you've got any comments or questions on that, love to hear about your experience as well. Podcast at the average guy, um, dot TV. So you know what, Andrew? I went to college six years after I graduated. I spent five and a half in the military and then got out and I was married and had two kids uh, when I did it. And I got through a four-year school in three and a half years, even married with, with uh, actually we had two kids and we had a third my freshman year. And so it's, it is possible. Just don't feel like the kids have to rush their way through school. That's right. I would agree. Very good. Well, uh, we'll let folks know that if you're new to podcasting and you're looking for a way to listen to this show very easily each week, you might want to consider using Stitcher. Available on any browser as well on both Android and iPhone platforms. It's a great way to listen to podcasts both at home and on the road. It is audio only. Uh, And this show and all the past shows are available on Stitcher. Stitcher Stitcher.com. Search financial tech. It's education for your ears. And be sure to visit Guide Rock Capital. Uh, you can just find that guiderockcapital.com, all one word by guiderockcapital.com. Follow Andrew on Twitter. Uh, at, he is just at Andrew D. Hunt and get all the show notes, uh, including the, the commentary. We, put, we post a full version of the commentary out at the average guy. 
TV. Andrew, we're doing a new thing with the show as well. I think this is going to be show 17. So it will be theaverageguy.tv slash H or uh, FT for financial tech and then 017. So folks, if you nice. want to go, do you want to find those episodes FT for financial tech and then the show number, I said, yeah, 017. You can get that out there as well. Now, Andrew and I say thanks for listening. We'll catch up with you next week. Remember, be smart about your investing. GuideRock Capital Management, Inc., or GuideRock, is a registered investment advisor that is registered with the state of Nebraska and located in Omaha, Nebraska. GuideRock and its representatives are in compliance with the current registration requirements imposed upon investment advisors in the states in which they maintain clients. GuideRock may only transact business in those states in which it is registered or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from registration requirements. Important information describing GuideRock's business operations, services, and fees can be viewed on the SEC's website at www.advisorinfo.sec.gov. GuideRock will provide Form ADV Part 2, which serves as the firm's disclosure document to all clients. Copies of Form ADV Part 2 are also available to interested parties upon request. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. Past performance is not indicative of future results. No current or prospective clients should assume that the future performance of any specific investment, investment strategy, or product made reference to directly or indirectly on this video, website, or indirectly via hyperlink or any affiliated third-party website will be profitable or equal to past performance levels.